All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to the Art of Hospitality. We're diving in today on episode twelve. Really excited to go through everything here today. But before we get into all that, Scott, how are you doing today? Doing well. So the next two weeks are big ones for me. So lucky episode thirteen, which we talked about back on ten. That's next week. But for the next two, we're solidly in my world. So solidly on the operations side, and solidly with two people that I just have a tremendous amount of respect and gratitude for. So I'm excited to to let them talk a bunch and really share what they've done to help us be who we are. And then on the other side, it's just momentum. Adam and I keep every week kind of high-fiving on Friday to say, man, this was a great week. And then the next week is, man, this was an even greater week. So Del Mar Beach Vacations is off like a rocket ship. And then Tan, right, 30 years old, and we're about to pivot this 30-year-old company in the hyperthrow. So just good stuff. And then, as always, just the time here with you guys is always awesome. Nice. We'll definitely let Scott have the mic a little bit more, and he'll be able to go through <laughs> things. But Adam, we got to get your two cents. We can't not have you. So Adam, how are you doing today? How are things going? Yeah, I appreciate it. Always happy to be here. I agree with Scott. I think the next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. So we do have guests, but we're also bringing it in-house. So we're talking about how we think about operations, how we think about guest services. So We'll focus on operations this week. We'll jump into to guest services next week, but excited for those discussions. And to Scott's point, really excited for all the momentum that we've got going. As far as a sports update for the weekend, we're not focused on lacrosse this weekend. We're focused on soccer. So we got a couple of soccer games this weekend that I'll be coaching. So looking forward to being outside. And I think the weather is actually going to feel like spring. So excited to, to feel some warm air. Yeah, I'm traveling this week, as we talked about before I hit record, and we got off the plane here in uh, in Boston yesterday to a nice 36 degree, 37 degree Ooh. weather forecast. Ouch. So not really my flavor. I left 72 back in South Carolina. So <laughs> yeah, not exactly. <laughs> not exactly how it's going. But all good. We have a guest running this week. We'll definitely kick it over his way shortly. But Adam, I'm going to go to you first. Can you help us connect today's discussion to the story arc? We're, we're many episodes deep in the story arc. I feel like Netflix is going to be picking us up very soon. But okay. tell me a little bit about how we're going to tie that into today's topic. Yeah, Netflix, stay around to the end. I'll share my contact information and you can reach out. We're looking forward to talking with you. <laughs> but I really do love connecting these dots. I think that it's exciting to continue to build episode upon episode. So this is another great one. Two weeks ago, we talked with Steve Schwab and he introduced the idea of a, a vacation rental culture war and the concept of good actors versus bad actors. And we carried that one into last week's discussion with Justin Ford, where we focused on safety and we talked about how Scott and I are taking the position that we want to make safety a core component of every one of our rentals, both Tan and Del Mar. And we feel like if we do, that becomes the basis for us as good actors. And we feel like everyone in the industry can get behind safety. And we think that's a core component of just being a good actor, good actor in the industry. So we're excited about that. And we want to bring this week into operations to continue that thought process. As we mentioned, we're committed to safety. We're committed to going out and doing the safety inspections with Breezeway and with Justin Ford. And the person who makes that happen is going to be on with us today. And we're focused on operations. So we want to think through not only how we're executing on the safety side, but how we think about operations as a whole. And I stole, I stole the title of this week's episode from Steve Schwab as well. And uh, it's an idea that they live by at Costco, and it's one that we're embracing as well. And it's the idea that local heroes build a national brand. So we're going to talk about operations. We're going to think about it on the TAN side, 1,200 units across 75 locations. How do we do that? How do we get local heroes to, to build our national brand as well? So excited to talk about operations and add that to our storyline. 
Yeah, I think that's a good like summary of how the dots all get connected. And I'm sure it's nice to reference previous episodes. And if people haven't listened to that episode, they should definitely go back and check it out. Let me go your direction then, Scott, if you're comfortable with it. The storyline makes sense. But Scott, you're the resident operational grunt, as you like to call it. I don't know if I'd call it that, but this seems to fall in your wheelhouse a little bit, like you alluded to earlier. So where should we start? How should we get going on this? Yes. So it's funny. Essentially, I'm bringing in the chief operational grunt, right? So the guest today. So when I started with this enterprise back in 2013, he was my first hire. So I was only a couple months in. Meet this guy in Myrtle Beach. He's from Hilton Head. We go out to dinner. I make him drive me back to the property I was staying at because I had to take an Uber there. But ultimately, we've hit it off from that moment. So very much cut from the same cloth, look at things the exact same way. We've been together and apart a little bit inside of our enterprise. As things have shifted organizationally, we've drifted a little bit. But as I've amassed more and more, we came back together and we've been together for quite some time now. And we're like Chucky is we're friends to the end the guest and I. We're in this for the long haul. So ultimately, there, there's a couple of fundamentals that, that he's going to talk about over and over, and that's clear standards, right? Every aspect of the operation, clear standards, and then the, the implementation plan to execute. We, as we've grown and as we've done a bunch of different things, we really established the lab and the training facility there in Hilton Head. And ultimately, that's where we take things, we put them in, we standardize them, we put push him back out the other side and we put him to work in the operation. And he's really been the leader on that. And right before COVID, probably a year before COVID, we started getting the field out into the team. And we'll talk a little bit about this later, but we started with making sure that this guy was always with us, right? Getting the people on the phones out into the field, but also having the guy that's responsible for it right then and there. So as they're experiencing the operation, he's showing them, hey, here's what I think about. Here's how I approach this to really reinforce and give these folks here in the call center on the phone, give them the ability to say, oh, I've been there and I've actually seen that it, and I know how that works. So really, we believe without all of the pieces tying together, without the standards, without really involving all aspects of the operation, we're not going to get very far. Yeah. So talk about maybe how we bring it from the lab to the rest of the inventory. As I mentioned, 1,200 units, 75 locations. We're going to start to build things in Hilton Head, but then we've got to take it from Hilton Head. And we've got to expand across the rest of the inventory. So over the years, operations has become a passion of mine. I've been in a lot of different roles in this industry and they all gravitate back towards operation, whether it's Breezeway or Point Central, or now that I'm with TAN, I'm not the architect that implements and executes, but I see a tremendous value in quality operations. I think that operations makes or breaks the guest experience and the homeowner experience, and that guest and homeowner experience make or break the vacation rental managers. So for us, it's really important to get operations right. We see operations as the difference maker across this entire industry. And as I mentioned with our size and scale, and now that we're adding Del Mar Beach vacations as well, we've really got to get good at this. So we're running an operation at our size and our scope while maintaining the standards and consistency that Scott mentioned, that's a crucial component for us. Now we execute on a regional level with high touch oversight through relationships and technology. And that's where we'll get into is how, we, how do we think about building those relationships? How do we think about the technology that we're using? But the only way for us to really do that is to maintain this local touch and to have operational experts out in the field. And I can't think of a better operational expert than Bill, who we'll be talking to today. 
Yeah. No, thank you guys. I think that's the table very well. Bill, welcome. That was a long intro, but uh, it was good to get us all settled as to why you're here and the value, obviously, that you bring to these guys. Bill, if you don't mind, give us a little bit of background about yourself, how you got connected with these crazy guys. And most importantly, please tell us, additionally, a song that represents you and your personality. Sure. First, thank you for having me. I'm real excited to be part of this. And my song choice is Wasted Days by John Mellencamp. I try to get the most out of every day. Mellencamp, he's a heartland type of guy. He's down to earth. I'm that type of guy as well. Bill, that is a fantastic addition to our Spotify. So thank you. (laughs) I hear you're building quite the file. (laughs) I started in operations out of college as a district manager. I was lucky enough to land a district job in the retail petroleum and grocery industries. And I've been in operations throughout my entire career. I've had responsibilities in process development, training, team building, strategic planning. And I started working with TAN 10 years ago with Scott, as he mentioned, and I've worked in every operational capacity in the industry. Yeah, phenomenal. I think we're going to dive into more of the specifics as we go going here for sure. And yeah, thank you for the song intro. We've not repeated... And we haven't repeated a song artist at this point. Definitely not a song. I don't even think we've repeated a genre. It's yeah. every way we go, different weeks. So the, again, the playlist, I joke about it, but someone's going to hit play and be like, this makes no sense. But it's all good. It's just because. <laughs> so Scott and Adam covered some ground there. The architect and the philosopher, as they love to call themselves, and they talk, we listen always, and we force everyone else to listen along with it. But uh, let's start with your operational philosophy. So how do you think about your role in vacation rental? Because obviously you said a second ago, you didn't start with a vacation rental background or knowledge. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Sure. My, my operational philosophy is very simple. I studied and learned from two very successful companies, McDonald's and Toyota. McDonald's utilizes a very simple process approach that has processes run their business. And I like to think of it as, as hamburger, cheeseburger, French fry, Coke. It's very simple. They even keep their menu simple and for good reason. Toyota focuses on continuous improvement and I believe in keeping things simple and easy to understand. I've got a strong focus on developing processes and empowering people. As Scott mentioned earlier, clear standards and execution are key. And I've really found that the foundation to operations is training your people where they they become confident. Once they're confident in what they're doing, that's really the key to empowerment. And once you provide them with that confidence, All you need to do then is give them the tools to get their job done. Consistency is also very important. We're in the vacation retail industry, and although we're a vacation club, it's important to our guests that when they walk into a unit, having units all over and various markets, that they know that they're in a TAN unit. So when they enter a unit, we make certain that we're consistent on how we set that up. And when they have an issue or they have the need to report an issue, we want them to feel confident that we're going to respond. We utilize the system to do this, and it ensures that we respond time after time, and it helps to build the consistency. And the need for this consistency really lies with all VRMs in the industry. That's really what a brand is. Yeah, I'll jump in there real quick. Agree, Bill. I think that the standards of consistency are exceptionally important and not just for us as a vacation round club. I think we're a little unique, maybe falling more towards those hotels from a consistency perspective because we do want all of our club members to, to recognize that they're in a TAN unit. But I agree with Bill. This applies to every vacation rental manager out there. And it's often overlooked or, or at least 
not done very well. And I think this goes back to episode seven when we were talking about vacay rank and homeowner onboarding. This alignment really starts at the initial conversation. And especially for us, it does because we're leveraging vacay rank. We're leveraging our onboarding survey with those homeowners. We want to make sure that we're aligned from the first time that we talk with them. We're not out there chasing inventory. We want to find the right inventory that matches our business needs. And we want to make sure that the expectations are aligned, not only with the homeowner, but with the guest. We don't want to go out there and, and make exec make exceptions for outliers, because when we do that, we start to reduce our standards. And that just tends to make Bill's life even harder. If we don't have standards at the beginning, then Bill can't make consistency across the rest of the inventory. Yeah, that's the hardest part. Honestly, I work with clients that struggle to do that across like 20 units, though. How in the world, Bill, can you do that across 1,200 units in 75 different locations when assuming it's different teams on the ground, the units aren't all the same, different layouts, different everything? That seems like a monumental challenge relative to other companies in the industry that can't seem to do that across 10 units in a single market. So yeah, how the heck do you do that? It's challenging. There, there's no question about that. But similar to Adam's comment earlier about aligning homeowners and on the very first conversation, I focus on establishing the right relationships from the very first interaction. I really search for and I prefer working with smaller companies. It took me a while to figure that out, but that's really the key. And as a starting point, I'm very clear on what our expectations are. I'm not one that paints a pretty picture up front and then there are surprises later. I don't like surprises. So if you're very clear on what your expectations are, and you have folks sign up to meet those expectations, it's a lot easier moving forward. Really, the fundamental key to success with your vendors is support. I learned a long time ago that it's much easier and it's much more effective if you partner with your vendors versus beating them up. And my regional team and I were there for them. We answer our phones. We don't run away from problems. We meet the problems head on and we support them. We work together. Second, I go back to empowerment. We empower our vendors. We establish trust with them. We encourage them to contact directly all of our vendors who are on retainer, HVAC companies, pest control companies. They contact them directly and they're encouraged to follow up with them until the issues are solved. Once you empower them, and once you give them the ability to make the decisions, you then need a system in place that will help support that, monitor it, and create follow-up. And we utilize Point Central and Breezeway technologies to do just that. All right. I got to jump in when we talk about Breezeway and Point Central. Obviously, I was the one who brought that to TAN. And thank you very much, Scott, for being an early adopter and having those discussions with me and seeing the value in that. From the very first time Scott and I talked we were talking about operations. And that's really where I fell in love with operations was through Point Central and Breezeway. And I played a part in implementations with those two companies. I learned a tremendous amount about the industry and operational needs through those type of implementations, especially with managers like TAN. And technology plays a pivotal role for us in operations from the field all the way through guest services and homeowner relations. We use technology to connect the dots and follow the dots throughout the full life cycle of reservations, of homeowner management, of property improvements or property maintenance. We have a full understanding of the activity in the field through Point Central and Breezeway. And I'll just run down a quick list of how we're using it, where we connect those dots. So we know who accesses the property when and for how long. We get all that information from, Bree from Point Central. 
We also get some of that from Breezeway because people are checking in and out of their activity. So we can follow that in two different pieces of technology and we can match those back up to make sure that everything's aligning. We know temperature and HVAC activity through Point Central. We can assign work orders in real time. We get updates in real time from the field through Breezeway. We can include pictures and comments. We have the accountability from the top to the bottom throughout the entire tech stack. So everyone's experience is improved. Our guests don't have to worry about keys. We can help them get into the units remotely if needed. We know that the HVAC is working when they arrive because we're getting all those reports if it's not working. We're even using Breezeway's text messaging and guest guide. So we're sharing information with the guests in real time, giving them the ability to respond back to us in real time. We've got guest services who are monitoring those text messages. So we're talking back and forth with guests in real time in the field, getting that information and making sure that we're responding and fixing issues very quickly. And if you just take a step back and think two, five, 10 years ago in this industry, that never happened. Guests could wait days before they got responses. You check in on a Saturday, maybe you call into the office, it goes to voicemail. Somebody's got to check that voicemail on Monday. You might not get a response until Tuesday. We're doing that in real time as things are happening. And the only way we can do that is through tech. Homeowners love it because they're seeing all of this information from the field. So they understand what's going on with the work orders. They get to see images. They get to see notes. And the turnaround time is very quick. One, for the homeowners to get that information, but also for the vendors. The vendors don't have to come to the office to get keys. They know that they can have access to the properties. They've got all of their work orders in real time. They're giving all, us, all of that information back to us in real time, which in turn allows us to turn around all of those work orders and invoices back to them. So they're getting paid much faster as well. So from top to bottom, everyone is benefiting from the, the technology that we're using in the field. Point Central and Breezeway, they've really been essential to our success. And one, if I could just use one word, I would say awareness. What the systems have done is created awareness at all levels, and that was lacking before. We utilize both systems. We can create, we can monitor, we can follow up. We even pay our vendors through Breezeway. There's no need for the vendor to even invoice us anymore. It all comes directly through Breezeway. And once we started utilizing these systems, we've experienced improvements in response times, in prioritizing issues, and reducing costs. There's just many more. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. So, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sir. Oh, sorry. So it's funny because Bill brought up awareness, right? And it's funny mm -hmm. because now there's a real moment to have, right? And that's the relationship that's, let's say, sometimes a little bumpy between call center and the field right? Hey, Conrad calls and the place sucks, right? If you're the agent on the phone, you're not real sure, right? You, if you don't have all of the data in front of you, you've got that moment of, let me get something for you right away, right? Or, hey, this is what's going on. All of these technologies have allowed us to win that game of telephone, right? Guest, call center, field, field, call center, back to the guest. Bill said earlier, and he said it a couple of times, and it's empowerment and it's confidence. That's a lot, what a lot of these technologies have done is they can look in the system and see everything. They can see the conversation with Bill in the ticket. They can see when the person walked in the unit. If you look, they're empowered and can say, I know exactly what you're doing. We even went another step, and I talked a little bit about this earlier, and tried to attack it even more directly. Because we're having a real moment, especially in the client services side, right? The 24-7 folks that are answering the phone for people on vacation. Conrad, I don't know when the last time you went on vacation was, but 
You didn't call the client services 24-7 to say, hey, I just wanted to let you know things are perfect. Thank you so much. They don't get those calls. Never. Never. Yeah, they get the, this is broken, that doesn't work, this is broke. So at some point, right, I think the people on the phone start to really wonder, is this unit okay? What are we doing here? So we, and I forget the conference I was at, but there was a company that did this and they called it dog fooding, right? Eating their own dog food. And they actually let people book and then followed them through the process, but they were not allowed to help the people. So they would meet them at the train station and take them all the way through. And they told some crazy stories about people that didn't understand their check-in instructions. And then you've got the dog fooder walking with them and knowing that they're on the wrong track, but can't help them because they're trying to learn and say, this is the experience we put forward. This is how it's actually being used. So we took that and we threw it in the operation and we took it out into the field. So we started taking two call center agents every couple of weeks and we take them out in the field. And when we got there, we took them through like they were a client. Here's what you expect when you check in. Bill would have check-in packets for them there, unit staged and ready. So we said, here's your experience. Here's exactly what the clients go through. And again, that started to build trust and confidence, right? Because now you've got the people on the phone. Now they have visibility to all the information in the field and going on in the field through the system. But when they call and say, hey, I'm here and I've got this problem, the ability for them to say, oh man, yeah, I was just there like a few months ago, or hey, my colleague was just there. It spins the issue differently, right? And again, it's that local touch. There's a way to do it correctly and it's involvement with the field, it's technology, but you've got to get these folks out into the field. And again, that's what we did. For us, we looked at it and said, that is money worth spending, right? The other thing that we did, and again, this was a big one and one that always caused it, kind of a rift between field and the call center. And that is the number of people that call and they immediately escalate to compensation, right? I'm here, I'm having this issue. How are you going to compensate me? With Extend Team, who's another partner we use, we really broke that down and said, listen, your first call is about addressing your issue, right? We're not here to talk about compensation. We're going to do that after your vacation. Right now, here today, I'm here to resolve your issue. Because that used to be a moment of contention where Bill or his team would go in and say, hey, it's not exactly as they're saying it is. We wanted to cut through that noise and say, whatever it is, they have an issue and they want it fixed. So we're going in and we're just saying, I'm here. What do you need it for? There's no pressure of, hey, they've asked for a full refund or any of that stuff. That doesn't exist. We're here to fix an issue, big, small, whatever they deem it to be, we're here. And, And when we disconnected those two things and really put everyone on a clear separation of duties is you call, we're here to fix your issue. You want to talk about compensation? That's after the fact. And Conrad, it was a few episodes ago, you talked about this. The ability to turn someone from something's bad to, hey, I'm here. Hey, let's just get this fixed for you. And then you turn it out the backside. More than half of those people, you never hear from them again. And most of them, if you do, it's in a good review to say, started out a little rocky, Bill and his team showed up, fixed everything. Thank you so much. So really separating those duties for us is really what kind of got us around that corner. I wish we were perfect. We're not. We're going to drop the ball. But one of the things we focus on is that we're going to recover quickly and we're going to recover well. 
Yeah. I think, like I said, I always see that as on the marketing side, I can see when people actually live that and they have that experience. So maybe, Bill, do you have any specific examples that you could maybe reference or stories that you have from your time, what I call hand-to-hand combat, dealing with the guests one-on-one and things that you've been able to solve through some of these systems and things that Scott is talking about? Yes. The call center, to just elaborate on the call center, they are and should be 100% focused on the guest. When the guest calls in, they believe everything the guest says. And they should listen carefully. They should record that, the, the issue and then relay that issue to the field. We then are 100% focused on the issue. And sometimes there's that disconnect where what the guest relays, or maybe it's an over-exaggeration, we show up. But really, once we receive the ticket, our markets, our vendors in every market are instructed to respond as soon as possible and be 100% focused on whatever the issue is. We operate with the philosophy that if it's important to the guest, then it's important to us. And we communicate directly through the call center. We utilize, again, Breezeway. And any information that we find in real time gets communicated to the call center so they can then communicate with the guest because their job obviously is communicating with the guest and we can provide that real time information on a ticket that goes out and everyone can see it. So real real quick, jump back in. I mean, I, I think Bill just really hammered home the important point and it's really how he reacts. And I don't know that he's ever said these words to me, but it ties everything together, certainly ties our interactions together, right? If it's important to the guest, it's important to us. And again, I don't know that we've articulated in those words, but it is how we operate, right? You can take the smallest thing, but if it's wearing them down, you've got to deal with it. Most of the times, just someone actually showing up and we've even had them say, you know what, now that you're here, it's not really that bad. Could you just make this change? Could you just do this? But Bill, that that statement now, I think really is the definition of how I've seen you lead, how I, what I've seen you do, and certainly how we interact with the vendors. Yeah, and I, it's interesting because I think that as an industry, there's a relatively low bar for what we're trying to accomplish. You know, what Bill's talking about, what Scott is talking about is really the thoughtful hospitality that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. It's caring for the people that are in your properties, whether that's a homeowner or a guest. It's looking at them as the top priority. I've got to understand what that guest needs are, that homeowner's needs to Bill's point. Customer service, that's what their focus is. What is your need? Not about getting you compensated, not trying to upsell you. You're at your property trying to enjoy your vacation. My, my job is to understand what it is that you need. That needs to translate to Bill and then hit Bill and his team need to focus on how do I correct this issue as fast as I can to get you back on vacation. And the only way to do that is to do the simple things. Now, it's not easy, but it's simple. The only way to do it is to show up on time, to act hospitable, to be kind to these people, to make sure that you're executing at the basic human nature pieces of this industry. And while I say it's a low bar, I do believe that, but I also don't think it's easy. I think that what Bill's doing in the field is the hardest part of this industry. Rolling trucks and showing up and dealing with the general public is very difficult. That's what makes this industry hard. And I'll go back to the title of the episode as I close out my thoughts on this is, it takes local heroes to build a national brand. And the reason for that is you've got to have boots on the ground. You've got to have Bill's team that can go and show up at the units and fix these issues and make them, the guests and homeowners, make them feel confident that we have their best interest in mind. 
And I'll use the analogy of fight or flight, right? When we're faced with a challenging situation, nature gives us the ability to stand and face that challenge or even better, run towards that challenge or run away from it and move away as fast as possible. We see companies and people running away from challenges every day. I'd suggest the bad actors that we talked about with Steve Schwab a couple of weeks ago, they're running from challenges every day. We're building a team through systems and local partnerships that are running towards those challenges. We see a challenge, we pick it up, we run after it as fast as we can. We're creating the standards, we're setting the expectations, we're building the local teams, we're leveraging technology to give our teams the confidence and the courage to be those local heroes that run towards the challenges. But it takes that collective effort, not only from the team members, but also from the right partners and the right technology. So Bill's the general that's out there making sure that the on the ground, hand-to-hand combat that you mentioned, Conrad, that it's happening in a good way for us every day. We're just following his lead and based on his expertise. Now, Like I said, I think this is the hardest part of the industry. So kudos to Bill and all of the other operational good actors that are creating amazing guest experiences and homeowner experiences. That's what makes the vacation rental industry great. This is the core of what makes this industry different. I agree with Adam. Scott taught me a long time ago. It's far better. He has a saying that I don't even know if he realizes he has, but it's far better to get out in front of it. And he taught me that a long time ago. And what that comes down to is sometimes it's not even about solving the issue, but it's Mm -hmm. the approach you take to try to do so. The show up, that's the respond, that's the timely, and that's really what makes the difference. I guess my feeling on the guest side in the past has been like, are you on my team in that sense when like you would make that call or you have that issue? And I think it's rare. You don't often see that. I'm staying at a hotel right now as we film this and we already had an issue, but the person that was helping us downstairs, one thing that's obviously a little bit easier, I can go down an elevator and speak to someone who can help me right away was on my side. They spent 10 minutes trying to fix the issue, couldn't fix it. And then it was call this number, tell them this, tell them this. So even though they had to send me somewhere else, it was always done with here's the best way of approaching the problem and fixing it. And I think on the guest side, that's all I would want in a short-term rental vacation rental property is, are you on my side? If you're on my side, then I feel a lot more aligned that you're going to likely you know, be the right person to be that ally for me. That's going to show up in the reviews and the comments and things like that, like we've talked about before. But when I feel like you're combative with me, like I call and say an issue and they're like, no, no, that's fine. And I've seen hosts like this before. Unfortunately, it's no, I check that last week. There's no way the HVAC is broken. It's now is now. And last week was last week and things going to happen as I'm sure Bill knows, you know, better than anybody here. I like that mindset that you were talking about earlier was really instructive to me of this person isn't trained to talk about the compensation because that's not their goal. Their goal is to fix your issue. And I assume that person is treating it like we have this issue almost like this is our problem. We have to fix it together, but I'm the one that can make a phone call and get the right person over there to fix it. I like that approach. That's so much healthier and and yeah. happier on both sides. And then whatever, if it was truly a serious enough issue down the road where you feel like you might want to knock a night or two off, okay, that's a different conversation. And I do think there's a time and a place for that. To your point from earlier, Scott, we all make mistakes as host managers, et cetera. No one's perfect. I've not seen that yet. Even at luxury high-end operations, they make mistakes sometimes. So, But I, I, I do that me. we keep defining yeah. this good actor, bad actor more and more as we go through these episodes because Conrad, yeah. you're entirely true, right? It's the, are you on my team? The good actors are on the guest and homeowner's team. We're all in this together. The bad actors are running the other way and telling you, no, everything's fine. You just need to deal with it. And that's what we need to get more of. We need to get more of the good actors who are on the side of the guest and homeowners who are being hospitable and making sure that they own the problem. 
I like that too, because it's everything we've talked about even the last few weeks. Safety, the bad actor will say, I don't need to worry about the pool fence. I don't need to worry about that. I don't need to worry about the railings. Yeah, until the kid falls off and break his neck. I don't need to worry about the smoke alarm thing. I was thinking about that more and more because I was thinking in my own house yeah. after we recorded with Justin Ford last week. I'm like, wait, could my son hear the fire alarm if it went off? And like, I was like second guessing myself, like I got to look into that. But I think it, it layers into absolutely everything that we're talking about when you're on the, how can I make this better? And yeah, it might cost you a few pennies and nickels along the way to improve all the things that we're talking about and maybe that hurts your margins a little bit and i mean that that is what it is but the backside of that your margins are going to be so much better five years from now because you're going to have built something truly excellent and that's actually pretty rare one thing the bad operators i think are never doing in my experience scott i'm sorry adam is they're never trying to build excellence they're just trying to build like how can i make as much as i can and as little with as little effort as possible and to be fair even some of their positioning is about that it's about wealth generation not really about taking care of the guests or it's about yeah. these other tactics and techniques it's not really about what matters to them so yeah, I like this, that this is a long-term game right this industry is a long-term yeah. game if you're here to be a good actor then you need to look ahead 5 10 15 years not to, to tomorrow how do i make the mortgage payment or, or how do i get the biggest bottom line as quickly as i can that's not this game the good actors are looking out into the future and how can i be here and build a legacy yeah. Listen, Go ahead, and I know we're on the longest closeout ever, but it works, right? Because in Conrad, I go all the way back to one of the episodes where you best described Tan to say, you've got a lot more on the hook with these clients, right? They're in and they're traveling. That, so that's what Bill works on, right? Bill is looking to say, I want these people coming back. He's got a following in Hilton Head alone where these people, we went fully remote earlier this year. I've got people saying, Hey, I just want to make sure that I have the opportunity to see Bill or Sean while I'm in town. And you look at it and go, that is the local hero thing, right? That is, and we've even had them say, oh, they're down in one of Bill's areas. Hey, this is a little off. And I'll say, hey, no problem. Let me have Bill contact his people. Oh, wait, wait, this is Bill's area too? Oh, perfect. Then don't worry about it. You look at it and go, thousands and thousands, done 750,000 vacations. And yet they remember this guy on the ground that's just, Hey, I'm here for you and whatever you need, that's what I'm going to do for you. I, it, that's what delivers the brand, right? That's the brand that we build. Yeah, absolutely. Bill, anything else you would like to add in before we depart or man, they're just lathering praise on you. I love it though. It's good. Hey, I would like to stay, but no, I just want to say thanks for having me. I think what you guys are doing here on the art of hospitality is very informative. It's providing a lot of good information to the industry. I'm glad to be part of it. Thanks for being here, Bill. Yeah, no. Yeah, thanks for Thank being here, Bill. We appreciate it. And I'm assuming, Bill, you've left a review, right? You wouldn't come on the show not having left a review. And you know what other people have to do is they have to leave a review as well. That's very important. So if you made it this far, thank you so much. Thank you, Bill, for being on the show today. And of course, we are hunting for more reviews. I think, Adam, you're the one running the the Spotify playlist. So definitely check that out, too. If you're already on Spotify, leave us a review and check out the playlist. Melon Camp coming on it after Bill's episode today. Right. So thanks so much, everybody. Yeah, we appreciate everybody's time today. We will catch you on next episode. And uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody taking a listen to it. Please do leave us a review and we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Thanks, everyone.